Welcome to the Ox Podcast, audio and audio, with your host, me, Will, Will Fly. That's enough of the intro, let's get this thing started. Part 3, Abolition War, 1848-1865. Legally speaking, Martin Robison Delaney was born free and black in 1812 in Charlestown, Virginia. I first heard about Martin Delaney in this very book by Holly Jackson, American Radicals, which focuses on radical movements of all kinds in the United States in the first half of the 19th century or before the Civil War. And as she'll go on to explain, Martin Delaney is probably the first black doctor in the United States of America, and he went on to be the first black officer in the U.S. Army. And if that isn't enough, he was also the editor of a newspaper. And when John Brown was looking for somebody radical enough for his point of view to be the provisional president of the provisional United States of America, which was his idea for the free zone he was planning to create or bring into existence after the raid on Harper's Ferry, he went to Canada and he met Martin Delaney, who agreed to serve as that role, and they held a Congress to pass a anti-slavery constitution. And somehow, in the middle of all this, he also found time to go to what is now Yoruba land in Nigeria and negotiate the territor- some territorial acquisition as a free colony for American blacks. Frederick Douglass corresponded with him and, and co-published um, journals. John Brown admired him. And although Abraham Lincoln was not of that radical streak, after meeting personally with Martin Delaney, overrode objections to personally insist that he be the first officer, black officer in the U.S. Army. So the question is, why isn't he more famous? Holly Jackson's book includes many well-known and unknown figures, but of the assortment of biographies that she gives chapter by chapter in that book, Martin Delaney's kind of pops out like, this is somebody who I shouldn't be finding about now in this way. And in the blurb, uh, Penguin for the book, Penguin says, Black nationalist Martin Delaney, the would-be founding father of a West African colony who secretly supported John Brown's treasonous raid on Harper's Ferry, only to ally himself with Southern Confederates after the Civil War. For a brief period, he was the military governor in South Carolina of a largely black area on an island, and he stayed there. And as civilian control returned, and as Reconstruction ended in the early 1870s, he endorsed a Democratic candidate, a former Confederate for governor of South Carolina. He didn't just endorse him, he actively campaigned for him. And at the time, he had a state position and a job which his detractors accused him of trying to preserve by switching sides. And he was so hated by the pretty much entirely black Republican movement that someone tried to assassinate him, but instead shot somebody who looked like him. And not all those details are in Holly Jackson's book. It just kind of ends. He, I don't know, he went nuts. I mean, after 40 years of relentless, energetic pursuit of black nationalists and equality for blacks in any way he could figure out, after brave uh, and selfless act after selfless act, Um, He suddenly switched sides. Just seems strange. And he was written out of history. Uh, He could have been 
you know, up there with Frederick Douglass, and there could be Delaney Boulevards all over the country, but he endorsed the wrong candidate for governor because he, I don't know, what happened to him? So I went online and I looked for a biography, and I found The Making of an Afro-American, Martin Robinson Delaney, 1812 to 1885 by Dorothy Sterling, bought it and read it. And while Holly Jackson does a great job of very cinematically setting up this Congress in Canada to set up with John Brown to set up this provisional government, which was interesting and a lot of great characters, especially the whole thing with John Brown going to the town and knocking on the door and his wife saying the doctor is out. And she sets that up great. But that incident is not that prominent in Sterling's book, which is trying to cover his whole life far more in detail. But Sterling's book does have a very nice um, detail or a little vignette, which is that Delaney's childhood friend, who was white, where he grew up in Virginia, ended up as a prison guard where he joined the army. And then he was guarding John Brown. And John Brown uh, wrote a letter to this guy to thank him for his decency. And he was the only person who was decent to John Brown. Somehow Delaney heard about that and also wrote to him and... Um, there was an exchange of letters later in life after they had drifted apart. And that whole thing was really touching and would make a nice movie. But the the mystery of the movie, if you want to keep it going, is what happened in, in South Carolina. How could it be that he lost it? Frederick Douglass wrote that he went crazy. And we have a lot of writing from Delaney. He was a writer. But none of his writing is really about himself. A lot, of, a lot of his essays have survived. And some of his essays at that period when he was endorsing the Democrat are rather strident-sounding, but they are designed to help his candidacy. So uh, it's hard to figure out what exactly he was thinking personally. And whatever the cause of this, um, uh, this endorsement that got him canceled from history... His goal was not to preserve the little job he had in South Carolina. I don't really see that. In his writing and in his behavior, it just he does seem to care about the black population that he was for briefly in charge of after the war on the island and more broadly in South Carolina. And if you just think about it, um, it was clear that Reconstruction was ending and that the federal government was pulling out of South Carolina. It was also obvious that the former Confederates were coming back and they were determined to take over again. And this particular candidate for governor met with Delaney personally and promised protection for the black population from massacres and that he would be a moderating and a moderate force. And others saw him that way as well within the context of South Carolina. But whatever they promised him, that's not what happened. Um, And the The end of Reconstruction was horrible, and uh, Delaney was on the wrong side. And at some point, I don't know exactly how this happens, a few years later, he's speaking or lecturing in New York about Africa because he's one of the few people that's actually lived or at least spent several months, several times in Africa. And his reception was not entirely negative there in that different ambient, uh, that different milieu. I don't really know where and how that happened. And one of the things that's great in Ibrahim Kendi's stamp from the beginning, which will need its own um, 
audio and audio or aux podcast at some point is showing how people were wrong and and uh he looks at major figures like frederick Douglass, and um there's a long quote in that book where frederick Douglass completely mischaracterizes what life in africa was like in sort of using racist um language of the day and martin delaney never did that because he'd actually been to africa so i don't i mean nobody's perfect and i you could say delaney to give him the benefit of the doubt was between a rock and a hard pace place and was trying to carve out the best deal he could for uh, trying to look there was no good there was no good solution to being to 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 the end of reconstruction in south carolina and he to put him to write him out of history as if he had never existed as if he wasn't the first black doctor or the first um uh, the first officer in the U.S. Army, or that he didn't publish for 20 years, the most uh, anti-slavery journal in America, probably, um, doesn't seem fair. And Frederick Douglass wasn't in South Carolina. What decision would he have made? Um, I don't think he was crazy, and I don't think he was self-serving, although obviously some people who were there thought he was and tried to kill him. <laughs> so... I mean, I can't render judgment on the whole situation, but I don't think Martin Delaney deserves to be written out of history. So I'll throw out my little podcast right here and uh, in honor of Martin Delaney. And uh, he's an impressive figure. So thank you for listening. This is the fifth episode of my new format, Aux Audio on Audio. And thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thus concludes the Aux Podcast, Audio on Audio. Thank you for listening.